Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for this episode, wherever in the world you are listening to us from, whatever platform you're listening to us on. Thank you so much for the support. And I really, really appreciate all the kind messages, all of the uh, emails that you guys send and and hearing about your stories about how the coaching season has been going for you and, and everything that is going on in your coaching world. It's been a lot of fun to interact with you guys about that. Uh, today's episode is a, a fun one, and I like it because basketball is all about you know journeys and all about how we get to where we get to, and everybody has their own unique story and unique way of getting into that head coaching job. Some people jump right into it. Some people takes a little bit of time, and some people, they work their way from being up to an assistant uh, up to being a head coach. And that's what we're going to talk about today is, is my guest is going to share their experience about making that transition from being an assistant to a head coach and talk about what, what they learned by being an assistant that helped them get ready for the role, how they work with their current assistants on their staff right now, and just some general advice uh, to those who might be making that transition. So if you find yourself in that position, this will be a great episode for you. If you're a head coach uh, who has some assistants on their staff looking to become a head coach, this would be a great listen. Or, you know, if you made the journey yourself, you can kind of reflect on your journey and uh, how it compares to our guests. So uh, this will be a lot of fun. My guest today to discuss this transition and talk about going from the assistant coach to the head coaching role is Coach Brad Suling. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks, Coach Hernandez. It's a uh, it's definitely an honor and a pleasure to be on the podcast. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan, so uh, I'm definitely looking forward to having a nice little conversation with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And and I, I like I talked about just off air, I always love, you know, everyone's journey into becoming a head coach is, is always a little bit different, and everyone has their own unique experiences, which is why we're all unique in our own ways. So we're going to kind of go ahead and just kind of get started with that. Uh, what is your basketball journey, Coach? What is your coaching journey, and what were the uh, steps, I guess, that, that led you to uh, where you're currently coaching at right now? Um, sure. Well, I, I actually, when I first got out of college uh, back in the 90s, <clears throat> I had the opportunity to uh, volunteer a little bit at my local church where I had gone to uh, middle school. And so I did a little bit of that. And then after a couple of years of that, I ended up getting married and having kids. And, you know, life just kind of took its, uh, you know, took its natural road. And then I had two daughters. And as my oldest daughter was um, going through middle school, the position opened up for to be an assistant and one of the, you know, the head coaches there, he reached out to me and said, Oh, I, I, you know, I heard that you played a little basketball in the past and I'm really looking for somebody to help out. And so he was gracious enough to, to invite me on the staff. And um, that's kind of where I got started just mm. doing some, you know, Catholic school, middle school assistant coaching. And then slowly, but surely after, you know, my daughter had uh, graduated from middle school and went on to high school um, at the high school where she went, there was a position open up at the feeder program. And my younger daughter actually was was playing in it. So <clears throat> I jumped, jumped, jumped on right away and said, hey, what, you know, what can I do? How can I be involved? And uh, 
for me, family is such a huge, uh, huge part of my life, especially mm -hmm. spending time with my daughters, that it was just a natural, natural fit. I, I played basketball all the time, and my daughters were around me all the time playing basketball, too. So it was a really good way for our family just to continue to interact and work with one another. And after being in the feeder system for three years, um, a position opened up, actually, at the high school. And I was super involved with the, with my daughter, who was in the high school program, uh, just doing the different fundraising and, you know, anything sure. that the the program would need, I was always more than happy, you know, just wanted to be involved and be a part of it. And during one of our uh, fundraising meetings after it was over, I went and had talked to the uh, head coach, Coach Evans, and he, he's one of my great, uh, he, biggest supporters and, and uh, by far one of the greatest mentors in my, in my life. But I went and, went and talked to him and I said, hey, you know, I saw uh, that this position was open and I, you know, I, I don't know what the process is, but I was interested in, you know, maybe applying for it. And um, they had just lost their JV coach. And so in my mind, I was thinking, hey, you know, they'll move the freshman coach up to JV and the freshman B coach up to freshman. And then I can coach freshman B. That won't be a, you know, won't be a lot of uh, too big of a learning curve for me. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, talking to him, he said, oh, oh, no, I want you to be the, you know, you'll be our JV coach. So I was, I was, I was a little surprised, but I tried to try to play it off like it was no, uh, no big deal, you know, yeah. like, oh, of course I can do this. And, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, we always joke about it is, um, it's one of those things where, you, you know, a lot of times in life, you kind of fake it till you make it, you, yeah, you know, you, you uh, get the opportunity and you want to take advantage of that opportunity. And so, and so that's what I, uh, that's what I did. And then at the same time, uh, the athletic director position opened up at the middle school, you know, the middle school where my daughter was. So I took that position also. And I always was always thinking kind of long-term, you know, I, I had a good job, but I was always thinking like, you know, it wasn't a rewarding job. And mm -hmm. I knew that coaching and being involved with the kids and stuff like that was something that I got a lot of reward out, out yeah, of absolutely. doing every single day. Um, and so after a couple of years of just being the JV coach, I had had a meeting with uh, with the head coach, Coach Evans, and uh, we were just talking, and he was great. We would always talk back and forth and spend hours in his office just just kicking around different ideas. And uh, I was sitting there telling him, and I said, oh, you know, my one regret is I never went to school to become a teacher. I wish I would have gone to school to become mm -hmm. a teacher. Yeah. And I was, I was in my early 40s probably at that point in time, maybe like late 30s. And, uh, and he said, well, what's stopping you? Why, why, <laughs> why don't you go back to school and become a teacher? And I, and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders like, ah, you know, and laughed it off. But then I drove home that night and the whole way, you know, I drove home, I sat there and I thought, okay, well, this is the reason why I can't go back to school and become a teacher or the, and every uh, reason I could yeah. come up with. I, I could, I easily could say, that's not a good reason. Would I hold, would I hold my daughters accountable to, you know, to an excuse like that? And so by the time I got home, it was, it was so funny because when I walked in that door, I was the mindset and I knew this is what I was going to do. This is what I wanted to do. And I, I was going to, I was really going to go for it. And, um, you know, I was so lucky to have someone like him in my corner that, um, always supported me and was always my biggest <clears throat> excuse me my biggest fan you know he was always that person that 
when I was going to school, working as an athletic director, working full time, you know, and coaching, there were days where we might have a midterm or whatever, and I was going to have to miss a practice. And, and he would cover my practice or he would move his practice to be later and have me be early. And it was one of those things where it just meant so much to have somebody just believe in me in that way that it really inspired me even more to become a head coach because I always have this conversation with him nowadays. And he says, well, I, I didn't, when I said that to you, I had no thought that that was going to change your life or that mm -hmm. you were going to go in. And I said, that's the beauty about being a teacher and a coach. You know, the, the little things that we say, we might not realize that they resonate with our players or our students but when you have that connection with that, you know, that administrator or that coach or that, that athlete or that student, and you do say something like that, you'd be surprised how much of a difference it makes in their lives. And so for me, that was just a catalyst that really started me just rolling. And so I really just started, you know, trying to finish my school and the whole, whole purpose and thought was, okay, I'm going to you know, finish, graduate, and I want to be able to coach someplace and teach yeah. at the same school. You know, that was my, <clears throat> my end-all, be-all goal. And so for like probably the last three or four years, I really started putting some effort and time into looking for head coaching positions. Mm -hmm. And so I had a couple good offers in a couple different places, but it would have required me to move from my local area. And I, I you know, like I said, I'm a very big um, family-first type of person. And so for me, like my mom, who's in her 80s, would still come to my games and my sisters and my daughters came to my games. And, and it was just one of those things where it was such like we would have team meals with my mom and, and she would you know always come by and say hi to the girls. So it was such a big part of our family that it was just those just weren't the right fits. And so I just continued, you know, continued working and continued just trying to get better and then I remember about two years ago, I had two really good girls that were on my JV team. Yeah. And uh, they were on the cusp of going varsity. And so they were kind of, you know, bending my ear about, hey, you know, I want to be on varsity. And how come I'm not on varsity? And what can I do? And so I started to have a conversation with them about, well, it's a lot more than just you showing up November till February and playing basketball. And then you showing up during the summertime and coming to camp and coming to summer league games, like that's great. But guess what? Like that's what everybody else is doing. That that should be the bare minimum. What are you doing besides that to push yourself even further and make yourself stand out and make yourself become even better than what you are? And it was that funny moment of as a teacher where I'm saying this to them and then I'm starting to, in my own mind, say, what are you doing as a coach <laughs> to do that? You're showing mm -hmm. up, you're doing all these summer league days and you're doing, but how else are you getting better? What else are you doing to get better? So I think that's where I really started to um, make a real big emphasis on just my education as a coach, listening to podcasts, reading, attending clinics as much as possible, and really just diving into those things and really embracing it and putting the time and effort into it. Because I had always, you know, been lucky enough where my original, you know, coach, Coach Evans, he gave me the opportunity to run, hoop, you know, hoop club meetings and, you know, do all the different types of fundraising. And when we would travel during the summertime, he would let me attend the different meetings for the coaches. 
just to give me that experience. And it was always a blessing because it really gave me the opportunity to, you know, see everything that was kind of behind the doors. Yeah, absolutely. Just, Super yeah, helpful. And that, yeah. And that just continued for me as, you know, as he, when he retired, um, we hired a new coach, you know, and coach Pizan and he's, he was incredible and he was a diehard guy. And I think for me, I was always trying to, even though I was different than every one of these coaches that I had, I was always trying to see what I could steal from them and what could I take from them and what were their strengths. And so how could I really emulate those type of things and put that into my arsenal as a coach? And then also, how could I learn from their mistakes? How could I look at the different things that maybe they didn't do so well yeah. and say, hey, these are some of the pitfalls that I need to kind of look look out for. Um, and so, you know, that that's kind of where I was at. And so then I really started getting a lot of interviews and I made it to, a, you know, last last two candidates and just just didn't quite get there. And then uh, this past uh, summer, I applied at my, my school that I'm at right now, Harvard High School, and it was a great fit. It, it was one of those where I went into the meeting and feeling like, hey, this is the, the town that I, I really love. It's very similar to my hometown. And at the same time, for me, I'm all about relationships and family. And yeah. I had that natural feeling from the athletic director. Um, and, and he really showed that you know, we're in a position at the school that I'm at where a lot of change needs to happen. And that, and that's something that we're just trying to really change that culture, not just yeah, in the for sure. program, but in the school. And, okay. and so it was great to have him really believe in what I was talking about and what I was preaching. And so we, we kind of hit it off right from the, right from the beginning. And then once once we all got everything got settled in, and you know how that goes with board meetings and everything like that. Oh yeah, I finally was able to take over um, about the first week of July. Uh, so that's kind of where where we got. Unfortunately, you know, with COVID, we didn't have any mm -hmm. summer leagues, and because I was hired so late, we really only had about three days of summer camp um, before tough. they were done. Yeah, so it, it it was it was something that you know we knew it was going to be tough going into, but at the same time. It was one of those things that, hey, you know, this is, we both know that it's not a one-year fix-it type of deal. This is something yeah, that we process. really need to, yeah, trust the process and really just start working it from ground up. So, so that that's kind of where I got at, you know, got got to where I'm at, and and I was definitely, you know, for me, um, being able to be an athletic director at a, at a you know a middle school for ten years that was a huge part of my resume and of who I was able to become also because it really gave me the background to know how to go to school board meetings and meet with different administrators and how to fundraise, run tournaments, deal with parents, you, you know, on a, yeah, on a whole, all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so, so it really prepared me in those ways. And, and I think for me, I always kind of looked at it as I always remembered that, um, just when I was coaching my daughters and my daughters played for everybody else, when I got the right and the privilege to coach somebody else's daughter, um, I always remember that that's the most prized possession, prized thing that, you know, those parents have in their life. And so there's going to be that time where they're going to be very emotional about it. And you have to understand that because that's a natural reaction. So I think it taught me a lot of empathy Mm -hmm. And it gave me a lot of experience to be able to deal with, you know, all types of different situations. Yeah, it's interesting to 
think of yourself, I think, always as like a basketball coach, and then and then you realize, you know, there's so much more to it than that. Not just so much more that's involved in, in coaching, but also the fact that, like you said, you're given this great responsibility to you know spend all this time with somebody's child essentially and and be able to provide value in their life when you really think about it there's just a lot more uh that we do that's so much more than basketball related and and sometimes uh it's it's a pretty big responsibility that sometimes uh I'm not, i don't know if we necessarily forget it but sometimes it's like oh yeah like this is actually like a lot more <laughs> than just coaching x's and o's on the basketball court we're doing a lot more than just that yeah, and, and and it's so true. And I, I always use my my oldest daughter as an example because, mm-hmm. um, you know, she was captain her freshman year and captain her sophomore year, and then played her junior year and they you know made varsity and she didn't she didn't get any playing time really, mm. and and I always joke about it because I always tell her I said I remember me leaving out the you know admin doors and you leaving out the front doors after games and call me on the phone and. I can't believe coach. I, I can't stand coach. He doesn't play me. And, and it was always, it was always so funny to hear her say these things. And then as a parent, you're, you're sympathetic, you're empathetic, but as a coach, you know, your first response is, well, have you talked to him about this? Well, I, I know what he's going to say to me. And I, I know what, you know, what, what he's going to tell me. And I said, well, then you've already answered your own question. And it, and it took her a while her, you know, through her junior year until she got to her junior or senior summer to realize, you know what, I've got to put the time and effort into it. That's how I'm going to get more playing time. So her being able to communicate and work with him then turned into her getting six, seven, eight minutes a game. Yeah. And and she was one of those kids that was always going to try her hardest, but she knew everything that needed to be done on the court, every single position. And it was just one of those things where she finally it clicked for her that it's not the coach I'm the one who has to do the work. I'm the one who has to earn, you know, what it is. <clears throat> and I and I joke about it today because, you know, Coach Evans would, when he retired, he would still work the table or whatever. And my daughters mm-hmm. would come in and they'd walk right behind my bench and they wouldn't even say hi to me. They'd go right, right up to him and give him a big hug. <laughs> and I, I'd always laugh. I said, yeah, the most hated man in the school a few years ago. Now you guys just love him because you've grown and you've understood why he put you in that position and why he really, you know, held the standard that he wanted for you guys. And so I think for me, you know, like I said, that's, it's always been, I've tried to learn from all my experiences and try to keep that in my memory bank of, Hey, the same things that I felt as a parent, all my players, parents are feeling also and and understanding where they're coming from. And I think the biggest thing is when you have a good open line of communication with your parents and you're honest and you're, you know, forthcoming, I think that solves a lot of your problems. Yeah, direct communication can can solve a lot of things. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, you mentioned in your journey about uh, you're a teacher as well. And, and with the added responsibility of being a head coach, I, I wanted to ask about kind of the, the, the work balance and, and balancing everything where you have to balance being the best possible coach that you can be as you take on this coaching role, but also the responsibility of being a teacher. And as you mentioned, having a, a lot of students that uh, you also are responsible for somebody else's child in that way as well. So how has that balance been and how do you work to try and, and be the best you can at both? Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's one of the toughest things. I, I know when I speak to my, my, my fellow coaches, 
that's one of the things going into this. Um, I, I, me and my uh, wife, we just had a baby in February last year. So <clears throat> when I, when I took this job, it was taking, you know, taking a brand new job, taking a head coaching job. And then also knowing that, you know, now my wife was going to be spending a lot of time at home taking care of, you know, our child, because I was going to be not only teaching long hours, but then also coaching long hours. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I firmly, firmly, firmly believe and what I tell all of my, you know, my fellow coaches all the time is that all of us are pretty much the same way. We want to serve every single kid that we teach and we want to, you know, make sure they get every opportunity. So all of us want to be that all-star teacher. And then we want to go coach and we want to do everything we can do to reach and, and just advocate for our, our athletes and, and be there and help them improve as much as we can and whatever it takes. And I said, but even more importantly, when you walk through that door, you've got to, you've got to put that, hey, you know what? I want to be <clears throat> that all-star dad. I want to be that all-star mm -hmm. spouse. So it doesn't, it, it should never end. You know, you, you it's, right. it's one of those things where it's just, <clears throat> there's no break and, and, and that's okay. You know, because the way I look at it, I always looked at, I'm the luckiest man in the world. I, I got to leave a job that, that did me very well and, and change careers and now do a job that I love and that I've always wanted to do. And then I get to coach. And then I have a beautiful son and a beautiful wife and a you know nice huge family, and all those things are the most important things, and they all deserve my most every single time. So that's the one thing I always try to preach to you know my assistant coaches and my my fellow coaches is, you know, don't just be that all star teacher, that all star coach, be that all star parent, and be that all star all star spouse because that's what really you know will stand the test of time and what will really you know in the end be really meaningful right you know i mean it's great you know to have championships and mm -hmm. and have you know all the different types of uh, awards that you might get through teaching or recognition but in the end it's all about that family that you create and so i think it's, it's really important when you walk through that door um you know, there's nights when I walk, I get, I, I get home at 8.15 at night and <laughs> I walk in the door and my wife's like, you know, take your son here, he, you know, here he is. And, and I gladly do it. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think um, just having that attitude of gratitude for me is what gets me through because I know what my life used to be like and working my job that I used to have and how unfulfilling it is. So now each day that I get I do what I do, it's just such a blessing. And, and I think that's, <clears throat> I think that's the part, you know, I think we're, we all, as much time as I want to put into learning about basketball as an ESL teacher, I'm doing the same thing, trying to learn as much as I can about being a better ESL teacher and how do I, you know, learn to engage better and how do I, you know, be able to interact with my administration better so that we can come across and we can have a nice clear idea of how we want to address different issues that we might have within our school. Um, so I think for me, I think that's kind of uh, how I've always just kind of handled it is just, hey, be where your boots are and put as much energy into your coaching and your teaching, you know, and your home life. And usually a lot of things will, will turn out well for you. Yeah, I like that. Be where your boots are. It's a good saying. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, wherever <laughs> it is you are, be there. I like that a lot, Coach. 
Um, yeah. You mentioned this uh, a little bit in, in your initial response, um, but I, I wanted you to touch on a little bit more about the, the transition that, that you make as you got into the head coaching role. What was the adjustment period for you like? Was it a, a quick quick transition? Did it take did it take a lot of adjusting to? Were there were there some things that may, maybe took longer? Were, was it a pretty smooth adjustment in general? How would you describe what that period was like as, as you stepped into that head coaching role? Uh, I, I think for the for the most part, you know, it's pretty smooth. I also always say that, you, you know, and it's just like our players that sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. So it's true. Going into it, um, I ended up, you know, where I had to hire two two new assistants to the, you know to my program. So let alone me being a new coach, then I was also going out and looking for other coaches to hire, and so that part was a little bit of an adjustment of okay, let me see if I can find and interview coaches. Now, luckily for me, like I said, I, I'd have experience as an athletic director of yeah. trying to find coaches and, and, and hiring them. But it was a, definitely a little bit different when you're hiring them at the high school and myself that I don't actually teach at the high school where I'm coaching right now. Um, you know, trying to find, hey, can I find somebody within the building that's going to be there. So I have somebody there that can always interact and, and meet with students or, or do different things that might need to get done during the day. And then also try to find somebody that can meet the standards that I've kind of set for myself as an assistant coach who can then do the same things that I expected of myself. So I think the biggest learning curve was real realizing that, um, not every assistant coach was like how I was. So, so yeah, yeah, you that. know, I, as I, as I went through, um, you know, I, I attended every fundraiser. I, I did every extra thing that I could do. Anytime there was an opportunity for kids to work out outside of the season, I attended that with my head coaches, uh, with, the, you know, whoever it was, was before. And that was kind of the same way that when Coach Pizanin took over, and he had asked me, uh, you know, like, where do I want to be placed? Was I interested in being a varsity assistant or staying at JV? And my thought was, I want to be at JV because I really get to teach and act as though this JV team would be my varsity team someday. How I would, how, how, how I would handle this JV team would then emulate how I would handle a varsity team someday. But then I could also turn around and attend all his practices. So I could kind of double dip and do both at the same time. Um, so for me, the realization that not every assistant coach out there has the same amount of time that I had or wants to put in that same amount of time. So it was, that part of it was kind of surprising. And I had to kind of realize, okay, maybe those expectations that I put on myself may not always um, be able to be found in a, an assistant coach yeah. that's out there. Uh, so, so that was part of the little part that was a little bit of a tough transition was just finding that right fit and the right person. And I'm extremely lucky. I, I found two great people that, that, uh, that are filled in and uh, they're both two completely different personalities and yet they, they match with me and they fill in, you know, really, really well. Uh, with our program. So I, I was, I was very lucky to, to be able to find the, the two coaches that I did and, uh, and, and, and to be able to see them. Um, so I know I was going to ask, 
I was going to ask you that, that question a little bit later, but I think I, I might as well just ask it now and kind of get into it now about how, how you kind of worked with your assistants in your new role and, and what is your, you know, your current expectation that you have out, out, out of your assistants being that you were one yourself. What, what, is, what are your expectations? Yeah. And so, and so that, that's like kind of, I touch, I was touching on is those are my, ex, my expectations is that, uh, you know, besides the regular stuff that you would do on an everyday basis is that you try and attend as much of everything else as possible. And I think uh, that's part, been part of that learning curve also of, um, since we're a small school, not a lot of the schools that are our size. I was very fortunate where, um, the culture that we started creating in the summertime really took off. And I really mm. had some really great seniors that bought in and some, some kids that hadn't played for a couple of years, came back and joined the team. Uh, and we were fortunate enough where we had about 45 or 46 kids come out uh, for the, for the program. And so that meant we were going to be able to have a freshman JV and a varsity squad where some of the schools around our area, they, they barely, you know, they, they have nine or 10 kids for varsity and that's all they can. Um, that's all they can field sometimes. So it was a great, you know, great situation to be in, but then also I then also had to kind of adjust myself to say, okay, I'm not going to be able to have an assistant. Instead, I'm going to have a head coach at freshman level, head mm -hmm. coach at JV, and therefore those roles kind of started to change. So as the season's been going on, that's just been great. We've been really kind of getting to know one another more and more and more. And I think we've been building that camaraderie amongst our coaching staff. And I've been starting to set those, those you know, those ideas in them of, hey, you're not only a freshman coach, you're not only a JV coach, but you're also an assistant coach to the whole program. And so now that they've been starting to sit on the bench with us during varsity games, it's really started to help out where giving them very specific roles of, hey, you're going to be the person on the bench that's going to be really focused on our defense and making sure that our mm -hmm. matchups are correct and and reminding me of, hey, coach, we're taking a timeout here. Do you, do you want to go from our man-to-man -man into a zone for a couple of plays? And, and just being that person that, you know, can kind of just give, you know, ring your bell a little bit once in a while and say, you know, hey, don't forget about this. Because sometimes when you're in the moment, you're coaching, you're just, you're just going. So it's yeah, been, it's been one of those, you know, those learning curves for me um, of just kind of giving them little by little and not giving them too much where they feel like they're overwhelmed, you know, and, and building them up to where I want them to be. And that way for, you know, for the program, you know, it's really going to, you know, reap our rewards as we continue, you know, a little bit deeper into the season and then come summertime and then come, you know, come next year. So um, I think for me, that's, that's the part where we've really been trying to focus on delegating and giving good roles for each coach. And that's then allowed me to do a little bit more with my kids and spend a little bit more time on, on, on different things. And like I said, I, I was extremely lucky when I was in a, when I was a JV coach because uh, uh, like my fifth year in uh, coach Fazanin gave me a volunteer assistant coach. Mm -hmm. And so I was lucky enough as a JV coach to have an assistant coach. And so for those three or four years where she was there, coach Harry, um, she was great. I mean, she, she was a volunteer at first and then finally got hired into the program, but it really gave me an opportunity to learn how to have an assistant coach and then also learn how to use, utilize an assistant coach. 
And so having that experience behind me, it's made it a lot easier for me to be able to just be more vocal about what I want. And then also being able to, you know, delegate a little bit more smoothly as the season's gone here, just, just from being able to have that experience. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's invaluable. And I, and I do like the idea of having, you know, assistants on your staff that have like defined roles. I, I, sometimes it can get a little confusing and maybe if your assistants aren't quite sure what they need to do or like what their responsibility is for you. So I imagine them having, you know, more clearly defined roles and expectations kind of clears up that confusion. So there's not, you know, uh, assistants who aren't quite sure what they're supposed to do to, to help you out that much. Yeah, and I think what's been beneficial too for us, and it's it's been a great experience, is that we've had a couple all team, all program practices where um, I've kind of just stepped back and I've told my varsity girls, okay, hey, you're going to run the first hour. These are the drills that we're going to run that they're all accustomed to. But now, you know, we're going to break up into these different baskets, but now you're going to run them and you're going to teach the freshman and the JV player. Mm -hmm. Hey, this, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And it's always great for me just to watch them because, you know, as a teacher, like when your students can teach you what you've taught them, that shows that deeper level of comprehension. And, and it's so great to, to watch them and to see them flourish or to see them sometimes get frustrated or come over and coach, I I told, I told her three times how to do this. And, (laughs) and, and she still, and, and and I just kind of smirk and laugh and, and say, what is that? Yeah, I know that that sounds just like you, coach. It's the same thing that we do when <laughs> we're running. Stuff. And I yeah. said, yeah, I said, that's, you know, and so it, it really teaches them, you know, how to teach it, but it also then kind of gives them a insight on what it's like to be a coach and how, you know, sometimes things don't go so smoothly and you really have to just keep on, you know, getting after it and keep on doing it. But in the same sense, then I give about 30 minutes to my, you know, freshman coach and I give 30 minutes to my JV coach and I just let them run practice and I just let them continue yeah. with the, the whole team. And so it really gives them an opportunity to really, you know, take ownership and also it gives them the ability to not just be a freshman coach, not just be a JV coach, but now they really have some input and they really, you know, gain some, you know, respect from the varsity players that usually don't, you know, don't have to be coached by them. And now they're listening to them and they're hearing a different voice. And, and, and I love it. I, I love being able to sit back and, and I'm a, I'm a coach, even though I'm older, <laughs> I, I love jumping in and, and practicing. So what I'll do a lot of times is when that freshman coach or the JV coaches is, is coaching us up, you know, I'll jump into a group and be, Hey, you know, like I'm your fifth, I'll be the five or, Hey, I'm going to be your yeah. third player. And, 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 and just do it just like, you know, just like they would. And, and they love that. They, they, they love that. They love to see me make a mistake or me, me, you know, maybe not, you know, not make a layup or, or forget an assignment. And they love to be able to really razz me and, and you know, and get, get out. Come on, coach. You're like, come on, you weren't paying attention. You know, and, and so, <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, for me, it really, you know, it's, for me, it's all about relationship all the time and, and engagement. And so when they can see me as just a normal person and not just their head coach, um, I think that that does wonders. And, and I always talk about that with family too. My, my wife and, and my daughters, and my, you know, my, my, uh, my one-year-old son, you know, he'll come to games and, 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 you know, my wife is always, you know, chatting up the girls and talking to them and, <laughs> and getting on them about different things and, and bringing uh, them different treats. Cool. And yeah. And I think for them, like, 
seeing that part of, you know, part of us and seeing us as a family makes it a little bit easier for them to understand where I'm coming from and, and doesn't just see me as that, you know, that authoritative figure who's just barking out, do this, do that. This is how we're going to do things. They see me, you know, they, they see, they see the real boss in our family. So they see that, you know, <laughs> I might run things, you know, in practice, but at home, you know, we, yeah. we all know who that we all know who the real boss is, you know? Oh, that's um, cool. So, yeah. So it, it's really good. That's, it's a really important thing for me. Oh, that, that's funny. I, I like that. I'm picturing that, that situation in, in your head. It's like, oh, okay. I, I know who's really in charge now. Coach, it isn't you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so if your experience of, of, of being an assistant, it's kind of like a two-part question here. It, I, I know there's so much you could probably answer with this question. Um, what, what were your biggest takeaways that, that you learned by being an assistant that have helped you with your understanding of the game and of coaching in general? And kind of as an extension to that, why would it benefit new coaches to maybe look to be assistants first rather than uh, maybe necessarily jumping right into that head coaching role? Um, yeah, and I think I think it's a great great opportunity as being an assistant because I think it really gives and depending on who your head coaches are, I've been very fortunate where um, the head coaches that I've I've been able to work under have always given me a lot of leeway on how to operate my practices or my my game plans and how to deal with my players, and so I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that I took away was. Hey, give your coach, your assistant coaches freedom to make mistakes, freedoms to try different things, because you might be surprised on, on, on just what you're going to learn. And it, and it always used to blow my mind away when I would sit in the office with Coach Evans and uh, we would talk about stuff and, and he would say, you know, Coach Suling, you know, th thank you so much. Like, I, I really learned a lot from you. And I, and I would always sit there and think, I've been coaching for three or four years and you've coached for 20 some years. How, how are you learning anything from me? You know? And what I realized is it wasn't always just about X's and O's, but it was about how do you, you know, interact with different players? How do you get engagement and how do you get kids to play for you besides by the old way of, Hey, I tell you what to do and you do it. You, you know, because we, you know, we've, gone way past that nowadays where it's more important nowadays that kids respect you and that they want to play for you and that's how you're going to have you know a lot of success we we've kind of got away from that of just do as you're told and and don't don't ask just just be a robot type of athlete and so I think you know for me um that's one of the things that I've always kind of taken away is that you're never, you never, you know, you're, you're dangerous when you think you know it all, Yeah. you know, and, and you're going to, you're going to really find your demise when you stop trying to learn from others, regardless of whatever level they might be at, whether it's a, a middle school coach or a feeder coach or, or it's another high school coach or whatever level, I think always being open to listening to different ideas and watching how they interact and how they work the court, they work with their players. I'm always looking for those different things or, or different um, different terminology or language to use that resonates more with the athlete. I might say it one way, but then I hear another uh, coach. And, and a perfect example is uh, we were talking about shooting and one of my assistants uh, said, you know, well, 
you know, I always look at it as, you know, you want to get your elbow to your eyebrow, you know, so that you get, and I was like, oh, I love that. You know, I said, you know, we always talk about, you know, release point and all that. And I said, but elbow to your eyebrow, I said, that's a, you know, really good way to kind of get those, you know, athletes to listen to it and think, oh, that makes a lot more sense. That's a very easy way to explain how I want you to get your arc, you know, to the position where I want it to be. And so anytime you can get those little takeaways, just by, you know, picking other people's minds, um, I think that's really important. I think, you know, always reaching out to others, I think is something that um, is sometimes hard as a coach and as a teacher, you, mm -hmm. you never want to, you know, seem like you don't know what you're doing. And when you get comfortable being able to admit that, you don't know anything at all. And, and you're always, you know, you're always learning and, and, you know, you, you're not going to reinvent basketball or teaching. And so therefore, Hey, you know what, reach out and, 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 and try to, you know, embrace other people and see where they're coming from and see the different ideas that they have. And you might be able to pick up a couple different things, regardless of, of what level they're at. Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned the elbow to your eyebrows. I thought at first you're going to say like, oh, that, that didn't work at all. None of them understood that. And I was like, uh oh, I say that all the time. But right. you actually <laughs> said that you liked it. So I was like, okay, whew. all right, we're, yeah. we're in synergy there too. And uh, it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite sayings. And it, it does yeah. kind of work out too. But yeah, I, I, I picked that up from somebody, I'm sure. So, you know, just all those things, like you said, you know, you just hear something and you're like, oh, wait that's a much better way to explain it than the way I thought I would explain it. Why don't I just try saying it that way? Um, yeah. But like you said, like always learning, it's kind of like the, it's like a chart of, you know, when you first start out, like you, you think, you know, everything, but then the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know sort of thing. And then, then you're so much more willing to learn. Cause even if you have all this knowledge, you're like, Oh, there's so much more I could do. I've only kind of scratched the surface. And, and, and I think kind of going back to the original question, I think that, and, and I don't know if you would agree with this, I'll let you speak on it. I think when you start as like an assistant coach, depending on where it is that you work out or and where it is that you work at, you tend to be able to focus more on like the basketball side of things. Whereas if you get into the head coaching role right away, you're leading a program and sometimes that can stretch you real thin. And so one of the things I, I kind of liked about, you know, being an assistant is that you just kind of more focus on the basketball part, at least in my experience, that's what I was able to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And I, I definitely agree with that. You definitely have a lot of time um, where you're just, you're just focused on that basketball part. And even though, and like I said, even though I would attend every fundraiser and I would attend those meetings, I still wasn't the one who was calling up and getting permits and filling out the paperwork and, and talking to administration about, you know, can we do it on this day as opposed to that day? And, you know, and, and just all of that part that goes into it where, you, you, you know, you're involved, but you also don't realize how many emails and how many little trips to the office or trips to the AD office that you have <laughs> to take along the way. And, and it's, it's, an, a never, it's a never ending thing, you know, so I, I, I definitely think that I, you know, I, like I said, I was very lucky and I, and I had, you know, after, you know, my mentor, Coach Evans, retired and Coach Bazanin came in and, uh, you know, he he was great because he was just a pure basketball guy and and he was basketball through and through. So we would we would play summer league games and be done at nine o'clock and I would come home and be getting ready for bed and my phone would ring at 1030 and <laughs> he'd be ready to talk. You know, what do you think about that play that we ran out you know, and whatever it might have been? And he was just always 
always going. And the thing that I loved about, you know, working with him is that, you know, we had such a good relationship where we would argue in the car, you know, two games and back from games during summer league about, you know, different defenses or different, you know, kids that we were playing. And it was great to be able to have, you know, those type of discussions with one another where like, he was always willing to listen, but he wasn't going to just say, hey, give me your input. It was, okay, that's your input. Now tell me why. Now back it up. You know, like what? not just, okay, that's a great idea. How are we going to, you know, make that happen? And how, how do you see this working out in the long yeah. term? So it really, you know, made me push my thinking, be, be, you know, behind not just offering up, oh, here's a good idea. Do it, you know, do whatever you want with it. It was, okay, that's a good idea. Now give me more. You know, you, you want to run a, you know, a, a three-quarter trap, you know, defense. Okay, which one do you want to run? And how do you want to run it? And who are the players on our, you know, on our squad mm -hmm. that will be most effective? And it was like, oh, wait, I can't just throw out, you, <laughs> you know, random ideas. And walk ideas there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now you really want me to put, you know, some, some ideas and some thought behind what I'm going to do. So, like I said, I, I was so fortunate to, you know, to work with him. And, you know, really just, you know, push me all the time because there would be times when I would throw something out and he would say, no, that's a terrible idea. I don't, I don't like that. And so I'd have to go home and then rethink it and see how can I, you know, how can I now present this to him in a better way besides what we just tried doing. And, and so it was always that pressure of, you know, really extending my thought process that really helped me grow as a coach during that period of time. And, and he, you know, he, he was great. And, and like I said, I, I've been so lucky to have so many, you know, the head coaches and the athletic directors that I've worked for have, you know, really been great. And each one has been, you know, a little bit different. And like, you know, my, my last head coach that I worked for, you know, he, he was such a good, um, such a good administrator. And also um, he was so good about reaching out and trying to help me move forward. And, and that was, you know, mm. so appreciative. You know, whenever I would tell him, hey, this job opened up, I'm looking at it. He's like, all right, I'm going to call the head coach right now and, and let him know. You know, he was always, you know, my my biggest supporter, getting out there right away and, and reaching out to people and helping out. And so, you know, for me, I always try to take all those different pieces from all these different head coaches and always kind of store that into my, you know, into my memory bank here and say, you know, that's, that's how I want to be. And that's how I want to yeah. be able to treat my assistants when I get to that, you know, get to that point in time. And so, so like I said, I, I you know, I've, I've always say, you know, I've, I've been blessed and, you know, I, I try to walk around each day with an attitude of gratitude and, and be <laughs> very thankful for, for everything that's been laid before me these days. No, that's excellent. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning uh, about different situations that people either have found themselves in or, or may find themselves in, um, there are always going to be people who are going to, you know, be making that transition from, from the assistant coach to, to the head coaching role. And uh, some may be listening to this right now, or some may have head coaches uh, that, that, that may have uh, assistants who are looking to um, get into a head coaching role. So I wanted to ask you, when you stepped into this head coaching role, were there any things that surprised you or felt different? Were there, were there any things that really maybe caught you off guard or you weren't expecting that, that you kind of had to handle or deal or were thrown your way now that you're in this head coaching role? Um, I, th I think one of the biggest things that I, you know, maybe not surprised me, but I think 
that was um, the most challenging part was building the culture uh, that I wanted to create yeah, at, at our at school. Um, I think that was that was the part where, you know, as a head coach, you believe in what you're doing, and uh, it, you know, and, and you you see the vision. But you know, my biggest thing was was I going to be able to find athletes that also shared that vision and would buy into what I was doing. And so, you know, like I said, we only had three, um, you know, three days of summer camp, you know, for the high school girls and I, you know, and transitioning from the previous year, um, we only had five or six kids that showed up to that summer camp. And so when we finished summer mm. camp, we started doing just open gyms and morning shooting. And so um, <laughs> there would be days where one girl maybe two girls would show up for shooting. And so there were, you know, there were those days where you would wake up in the morning, you'd show up and you'd be looking at your watch and you'd be thinking, I hope, I hope somebody shows up today. You know, I yeah, hope, right. I hope, you know, I hope this is going to work out. And I always thought about my mentor talking to me about it and saying like, Hey, you know, that that's just the way it's going to be. You know, you're going to start off that way and it just takes one or two and then, you know, the ball will start start to roll. And so um, we went through the summer like that. And then we got to the school year and we started doing, you know, individual workouts and then just open gyms. And <clears throat> what I found was, you know, that's really how it did happen. You know, we had one or two girls that bought in that would show up for workouts during the summertime. And then when they got to school, they started talking about it and they started talking about, the positiveness that was going on in the program. And then we had four girls show up for open gym. And then we had six girls show up and then we had 10. And then we had, you know, girls that were showing up that hadn't been there in a couple of years. And, and it was like, wow, like it really mm -hmm. did transform into what we want. And, you know, now we're just, you know, now we're just building on that culture and continuing it. But I think that for me, um, that was probably the, the most stressful part of it was just make, you know, worrying or wishing that, Hey, I believe in what we're going to do. I believe in this program. I believe in this school. Now, can I find six, seven, eight, ten 10 girls that are going to do the same thing? Yeah. And so, so that was, that was the thing where girls would come to open gym and they would leave. And I say, Hey, you know, bring somebody next week. And then they would bring somebody next week. And then that person that they brought would come back again. And, you know, and I always, I always preach, you know, culture above all that we're, we're all family and, and I'm a true believer. And I always say this, that anybody will show up someplace where they're invited, but they're only going to return where they feel valued. And so I think for me, that was always the theme that I spoke about is when these kids come here, regardless of whatever level they're at, whether they played basketball or they've never played basketball, they each have the same value. You know, we're, we're, you know, they're, they're all important to our program, regardless of the level of skill or level of knowledge of basketball. And so I think um, that really started the ball rolling and really started to kind of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of moving along. So I think, I think that that's the big part. And I think um, the, the part that, wasn't surprising because I've been in the feeder program for such a long time, but I think the amount of work that goes into nur nurturing and really working with the lower levels 
is something that's really, really important. And, and I think we all talk about it and about wanting to do it and how important it is, but the actual going to, you know, those feeder games and going to practices and meeting with the different feeder coaches, that's yeah. something that is really, really important. And it's really, um, it's not difficult to make it to the games and, you know, the different things, but to be able to interact with all those different groups on a timely manner is the part that's really difficult because you've got practice every single night and, you know, and they're practicing or, you know, they've got families of their own where, you know, you would love for them to come out to your practice, but they're, you know, they're, Hey, I just had, you know, feeder practice. I'm going home to my, you know, <laughs> to my wife and kids. I don't have time to go to your practice and watch you practice. And so I think that's the part where, like I say, for me, I've always held that, you know, personality of, I'm going to be at every single thing, no matter what. And so when um, other people don't have that same mentality, that's the part where, you know, it took me a while to be like, okay, this is me. I have to be empathetic and understanding that I'm going to set these high standards of what I want, but also I have to be realistic that not everybody has the same amount of time that I do to put into the, you know, put into it as you do. So um, I think that that's a part, probably the part that uh, was, you know, the most surprising to me and, and for me was the most nerve wracking was just building that culture from the start and, and wondering if um, the kids were going to believe in the message that I was, you know, that I was putting out there. Um, and, and like I said, that's, that's something that um, I, you know, when I, when I left my previous teaching job and I took my new teaching job as an ESL teacher, I had been at that school for a while. And right. uh, when I left and I was talking to my mentor about moving from, you know, one teaching job to another teaching job. And I said, well, I'm going to miss all these kids and these families. And I've got this, you know, this relationship with them and our culture is so good. And he was like, you know, coach, you have to understand that wherever you go, that's what you bring. And that's one of your strong suits. So when you go to the, this, this new school, it might take a little while, but just give it a year and you're going to have that same culture. And he was right on. He, you know, the, the same relationships that I had at my old school, I have the same kind with the students and the administration that I had there, if not better. And leaving one basketball program and now taking over this basketball program, that same nervousness, you know, carried over. And yet, you know, the same rewards happen, the same kind of culture starts yeah. building and going. And so I think, you know, I think that's the part of just the, uh, the unknown. And I think, I think a lot of coaches um, go through that. And I can't remember, I, I read it in a book a while back and it might've been like seven secrets to coaching. Um, I, I'm probably not doing it justice, whoever it was, <laughs> but, but they spoke about that of how I think almost every coach in them at some point in time thinks, you know, why are they following me or, or why, why did this administration pick me as a head coach? Am I going to be able to serve them as great as I want to serve them? And are they going to be, you know, responsive to the message that I'm sending? And so I think that's a natural feeling, especially when you're, you know, taking over a program and you're kind of brand new is, you know, you don't want to let anybody down and yet you yeah, want to stay true to yourself. Yeah, it's a it's quite the balance of, of of trying trying to do that, like of wanting to, like you said, you want to do the best you can, or you want to be as perfect as you possibly can. But then you also have to, like you said, know what your own 
you know, personal morals are and in your own way that you like to conduct your own business and, and you can't sacrifice, you know, one for the other. And it, and it doesn't sound like that's the case for you at all. And yeah, no, it, it, it is. It, it, it's, it's been, it's been just that, like I say, you know, I, I've always looked at, um, at my job, you know, as being, you know, you know, nothing but fun. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, my, my wife likes to give me a, give me a hard time about it because, you know, she says, yeah, she's like, you, you love every single minute of every, every single day. She's like, you know, she always, her, her and her family always tease me because, uh, you know, they'll see me. And even my athletic director laughs about it now. He's like, every time I see you and I talk to you, I ask you, how's it going? And he's like, you could have lost by 40 the night before. And you're like, oh, it's a great day. We're going to get right. And, and I think that's the truth. And you of mean it, it too, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, like they all laugh at me, but they also think like it's not just a caricature and it's not just a, you know, it's a not something I just say. It's actually very genuine where I, I'm so thankful for being in the position that I am that um, I never really take it for granted. I, I really try to you know, honor it and try to give my best and, and really try to do right by all my students, all my athletes, you know, and then my family first and foremost. No, that's, that's great. Uh, before we hit our concluding segment, I did, I did want to make sure I threw this question in here, which is for anyone who, who's listening or maybe somebody who's listening who knows somebody in that position, knowing somebody who maybe is currently an assistant and they're kind of on the fence about whether or not they're they're, they're ready to kind of make that move into being a head coach. Well, what, what advice would you give to somebody who, who might be in that sort of position? Uh, the greatest advice that I would give them is, you know, let, let it be known to your um, athletic director and your, you know, your head coach of what your goals are. I think a lot of times, um, and I know when I first started looking for jobs, I was hesitant to, tell anybody because I thought, oh, they, you know, they might be upset that I'm looking to leave the program. Um, but I think you'll be really surprised that if you reach out to your head coach, your athletic director, and you, you lay out what your goals are, they'll be some of your biggest, you know, supporters and, and, and be looking to help you out the most. And, you know, and I say that because, you know, my, my head coaches, you know, speaking to them, they then allowed me, like I said, to attend conference meetings, to, you know, yeah. to sit in on, you know, different fundraising events and, and to take leads of different programs, you know, and run feeder programs for them. So I think, you know, be very vocal and upfront about what your goals are and what you want to do. And you might, you know, you really be surprised, like, how supportive they are going to be. You know, I, I think all of us as coaches, we all want the best for our assistants. And we want those assistants that are going to want to continue to move forward and move up. You know, and not, nothing would make me prouder as a head coach if one of my assistants one day were able to move on and, and coach their own, you know, their own team. So I, I think uh, my advice would, you know, let them know and then, be as involved as you can in all the little tiny different things that goes on and, and ask questions and, and ask to be a part of it and, and be very much an advocate, just as much as we talk about, we want our athletes to be able to advocate for themselves. Right. Be an advocate for yourself with your admin and with your head coach, because um, I think a lot of times head coaches, if you don't, if you don't let them know that, they, you know, might just think, oh, hey, they're, you know, they're perfectly placed right where they're at. And I don't want to give them too much where they're going to be, you know, burnt out. 
um, you being vocal and you advocating for yourself and letting them know will then, you know, allow them to give you a lot more responsibility and it'll make their job a little bit easier in the long run too, because now they know they have somebody in their program that's looking to grow and mm -hmm. they can kind of take a little bit off of their plate and, and give it to you, you know? And so I think that's, that's the big thing where that might open up some doors for you. And the other thing is just do good work. Um, it's it's <laughs> so surprising as I've, as I've gone through uh, my years where, um, you know, like one of the jobs that I was offered a few years ago, was offered to me because, you know, somebody that I worked with as an, when I was an athletic director at the middle school, you know, he knew the athletic director at that school, at, at that school where I, I had applied. And I had no idea about this, but hmm. when, you know, when they talked, you know, the AD called me up and said, Hey, like, I'm ready to hire you. I talked to, you know, him and he, you know, he told me, you know, all these things about you. <laughs> and I, I had no idea that that was what, you know, was going to happen from my relationship working with this gentleman yeah and so I, you know my big thing is i'll always do good work and be genuine and treat everybody the way you would want to be treated because it's really surprising even like even now that i'm coaching in a different conference and i i run into different referees and and they know you know they know me because of other referees that i've dealt with in the past and you know at, in other conferences or that i worked with when i was athletic director and it's just really nice to be able to talk to them and hear them say, oh, yeah, you know, I heard about you and I heard, you know, these good things about you from this person or that person. And it's like, oh, I had no idea that you would even know that person or that you guys would ever cross paths. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, I think those are the two big things. Like always do good work, always be genuine in the work that you do. And then, like I said, advocate for yourself and, and let your admin and your your head coach know what you want to do and what your goals are because you'll you'll really be you know surprised how helpful that they really want to be and how and really advocate for you you know as well and and i really like one of the, one of the last points that you made there about how you know word gets out you know one way or the other you know once you start getting into this you know if you make those good connections you know people are going to speak on your behalf and they're going to talk about you one way or the other. So <laughs> might as well make it a good thing that they're going to talk about. And, and another good point too, that, that you mentioned there was about the idea of, you know, if you make that known, then, you know, the head coach on that particular staff will have the ability to give you more responsibilities, you know, kind of put more, a little bit more on your plate and, and know that that's what your intention is. And, and I think to wrap that up to, uh, I think all, all head coaches kind of like having their little coaching tree <laughs> and having uh, assistants that move on to head coaches that worked under them. I mean, uh, that that's that's a real cool feeling to have. And I, I think that, uh, like you said, any coach would be uh, happy to have that sort of coaching tree that, uh, you know, they could be a small part on somebody else's coaching journey for sure. So to wrap up, coach, there's a couple questions that I ask every guest. So I'm going to go ahead and get started with this first one. Um, thinking back on your coaching career, whether it's currently as a head coach or back, even back when you were an assistant, um, what is a moment from your coaching career that you think that others listening would be able to learn from? Well, that's, that's a great question, you know, and I, and I, you know, I think as all coaches and teachers, I mean, I think we, we're always learning. We're always, we're always looking to improve. And I, I think for me, um, one of the biggest things that I learned, you know, over the last few years is uh, being able to be a little bit more flexible, you know, and I, and I say this because, you know, I, I had, you know, my 
coaching tradition has always been, you know, very much, very rigid and everybody shows up for practice. You know, you're, you're 15 minutes early. And I was very much um, of that mentality of, Hey, if you miss a practice, you're not going to play. And, and, and so I was always of that mentality. And I think, you know, it's kind of changed now because I've had a, I had a couple of players who, um, you know, I had, I had a girl play for me about three or four years. And I remember um, when my mentor, he was a PE teacher and he, he, you know, messaged me and he said, Hey, I've got this girl that is in my PE class. And this girl is just so athletic. He's like, you know, when we play basketball, she always plays with the boys. And he's like, you should really, you know, take a moment and, and kind of, you know, take a look at her. And so I was able to, you know, convince her to come out. And um, this was a girl that had no previous, you know, athletic experience at all, never been part of a team or anything. And so for me, when she was a freshman and she, you know, she made JV, uh, you know, she started missing practices and she was, you know, not doing her work. And, you know, I kind of, you know, started to realize, you know, the expectations that I have are great. But also when I had conversations with her about, you know, why did you miss school today? And she would say, well, I missed school because, you know, I just told my dad that I didn't want to go to school today. And so then I started to realize a lot of times, you know, these kids, they're just kids and they're just doing what they've been taught or what they've been learned. And so a lot of times they just don't know any better. And, and so you really have to, you know, look at each individual as, you know, someone very special and in their own place and then try to meet them where they're at and then bring them forward. And I, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I, you know, really started to change my mentality about being so strict about some things and realizing that everybody's got the same rules, but everybody gets treated a little bit differently depending on where they're at. And, and I think that was the important part because it took her a couple of years, but uh, last year, like when she played for me last year and and it was her third year, and she finally was starting to get it. And there were games where she was just a beast. I mean, she was mm -hmm. just just incredible. And and she and she would she would come off the floor, and we'd finish games. And she, coach, like I can really do this. Like I think I really have an opportunity to 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 play someplace. Like I think I, and and so for me, it made me sit back and reflect. You know. In the past, I might have just been like, okay, you're not coming to practices. You've missed this much. You're off the team, you know, and then just let it like you've shown that you're not that interested when in reality, she just had to be taught and shown the importance of being part of a team and how, you know, the dedication and all those, you know, different parts that go into it really mean a lot and then really turn into something more important. And, and I, I'm proud because, you know, she's a kid that, you know, is doing good in school now. And, and she's just such, such a special kid that, you know, it's, it's, it makes you really realize that, um, you know, you know, you've got to meet those kids or where they're at and, and find out why, why they're not doing the things that you, you know, expect them of them to do. Because like I said, a lot of times, they just might not know any better and they might just think, Hey, this is what is acceptable because this is what's been acceptable my whole life. 
Yeah. And so trying to, you know, trying to teach them that part of it is the part that's really important. And so I think that's kind of the, the part that if I could, you know, tell my younger self as a coach, you know, about that, I think I probably could have reached out to, you know, a couple of other kids, maybe younger, you know, in my younger days of being a little bit more understanding about the position that they were in. And like I say, too, you know, we always forget that even though these are, you know, high school kids, a lot of times they're dependent on, you know, their families or their parents or whoever to get them to games, to pick them up from games. And, and we don't know, you know, what's going on outside of their school days that yeah, might be absolutely. affecting them one way or the other. And they might not be comfortable being able to express that to you until you actually have that genuine, you know, true relationship with them where they feel safe and they feel like you truly are an advocate for them. And then they start to open up and they can really kind of share what's really going on. And then when you hear that, then you can be a lot more understanding about what's going on. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, it's really important to always remember that, you know, so that they're kids and, and they're all unique in their, their own upbringings. We talked about every coach's journey kind of being different, but at the same time, like every, every student or every athlete we work with has the, as their own um, journey and their own upbringing and then the own things that they've had instilled in them. And, and there are, you know, unique situations and, and things that you have to uh, almost expect the unexpected or anticipate the, the unexpected for sure. So no, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, to wrap up coach, I give every guest what I call a 60 second soapbox, but I don't time you. So you can go as long as you want to, uh, your platform to get out your final kind of final thought, a closing message is kind of a final idea that you want to leave the listeners with. So I'm just going to go ahead and turn over the floor to you and, uh, let you take it from here. Yeah. And, and, and I think for me, and I kind of, I mentioned, you know, I think, um, I would always tell everybody, you know, ha have that attitude of gratitude and, and be thankful um, for the job that you have and the ability that you have to reach out to so many different um, kids and, and families, you know. And I, I think for me, I think that's one of the things that I always, you know, try to tell my fellow coaches is, you know, coaching is so much more than basketball. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, kids are going to, take away they're going to remember some great wins that you might have had here and there but they're going to take away so many more life lessons from being a part of your team and being a part of your culture that's going to carry them on through life and and I think that's the part that's um that's really important and I think that's the part that you know it, it's important for a basketball program not to only be a, a program that's on the court but a program that's in the community and a program that's in the school. And, and I think that part of it is a part that um, takes a lot of work um, besides just your X's and O's and your practices. But I think that's probably one of the most important parts for me. And I think for my, for my student athletes, you know, I, I'm so thankful that I, you know, I've got a, um, uh, a parent that uh, runs my feeder program for me and, and she does such an incredible job. And I've got, you know, a couple of parents and coaches that, that coach, you know, a couple of different teams. And, you know, one of our coaches this year, you know, he's, a, he's a track coach at the high school, but he's got some younger kids in our feeder program. And, you know, he coached three feeder teams for us this year. Um, so I think, you know, having that attitude of gratitude all the time, and, and, and really, you know, living that out and, and realizing, hey, you're, you're teaching so much more than basketball these days. And, um, you know, and just don't, don't forget that. 
because you know I, I you know for me I like that we start off every practice with a uh, with a quote each you know each day, and uh, you know I and I've got a big stack of cards, mm -hmm. and for me one of the things that's always um, really special is when I'm having conversations with my players, and or I'm listening to them talk, and they'll say, you know, just just like that quote that we read the other day, da 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 da, you know. And yeah. for me, it's like, yeah, that that quote, you know, wasn't about basketball X's and O's. That quote was about being a better person and expanding your knowledge and expanding your thinking. And to see them take away and put that into practice and 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 that be meaningful to them is is really important. And and like I said, I I think I learned that lesson early on when I, you know, just watching my daughters, how they interacted with, you know, my old my old head coach and and watching them grow up and then listening to them say, "Oh, I remember when this happened and during basketball season and when I was at work today, I had this, you know, situation where it was so stressful, but then I thought, "Oh, if I could get through this in basketball, I know I could get through this, you know, here." And so it was very much something that we always talked about that, yes, we're always teaching these life lessons, but then to see it in real life and, and happen in real time with my own children and mm. then put that, that thought into it really, you know, really made me, you know, you know, just kind of always think about that in the back of my mind of we're teaching them so much more than just X's and O's and we're teaching them how to be good citizens and how to be responsible how to advocate for themselves, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things I always talk about is, you know, if my kids can leave my program and be able to advocate for themselves, that's huge. You know, that, that's something that's really important. And, and like I said, having, having two daughters and coaching girls basketball, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big, you know, <laughs> big believer, you know, in, 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 you know, in women, you know, in strong women and, and, and really, you know, you know, having that, that mentality that, you know, they deserve just as much as everybody else. And, and, you know, these days it's getting a little bit easier to have that mentality, but um, there's still some of that, that, you know, kind of um, overshadows them at times. And so anytime you can help to empower young women and, and turn them into our future leaders, you know, that, that's, that's super important um, in, in this day and age. Now that's that's a wonderful point to end off on, especially as somebody who's a, a girls basketball coach myself. So I, I really appreciate that that point a lot. That's awesome, uh, Coach Sealing. I want to thank you for for talking about you know your your coaching journey from assistant to head coach and and the and the lessons you've learned along the way, as well as the lessons you've shared with us. And and I can tell you're doing a great job building a, a really cool culture and. Um, you know, just, just doing things the right way. So appreciate you spending some time talking about that. Best of luck. Hopefully uh program and, and you and yours and everybody can stay safe and, and everything runs as smoothly as it possibly can, considering all the craziness going on there. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Coach. And like I said, keep up, you know, keep up the good work on the podcast. You know, I, I love listening to you guys, uh, you know, all the time. And it's always, it's always great to hear something fresh. And like I said, you know, I tell everybody like, Hey, listen, listen, listen. And, you know, it, it, it's really great because, you know, you get so many, you know, so many new ideas and it's always fun to hear you guys. You know, I was just listening the other day to um, your guys's uh, 
podcast on the shot clock. And I, I had a great time, uh, great time listening, listening to that one. Cause we here in Illinois, we don't have the shot clock yet. So that's one of our, our, you know, red hot buttons that everybody gets everybody going. So it's always, it's always great to, to listen to your podcast. And it's always great to get a little different, you know, perspective from all the different coaches. So thank you for, you know, extending the honor to me to be a part of your, you know, your, your podcast. And I, I had a great time. And thank you so much. Really appreciate the kind words. And thank you guys so much for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.